Hey everybody, Leah Slaughter. Hope you're doing great on this Tuesday evening. I'm excited to talk to you today about the eviction cost coverage plan, which is something that we've been offering for a long time, but it, especially right now with everything going on, is something that we wanted to bring to your attention and make sure you understand how it works and how it can benefit you as a landlord. Before I get started, wanted to give you a couple of upcoming class this is a exclusive real estate property webinar going over multifamily properties and this will be this thursday october 8th at 2 30 and that is central time and then next week we're going to go over how to double your portfolio every two to six years and so i mentioned last week that this class is going to look at this process that we recommend from a lot of different angles from the 1031 angle to the cash flow angle to the return angle to the cash out angle as all the reasons why we recommend this process. And so I'm very excited to bring that one to you. That class is probably gonna be an hour to an hour and a half. So make sure that you allot enough time for that. And then we will do Q and A as we go and also at the end. But keep in mind, you can always go back and watch it again later or catch that class on one of our many opportunities like YouTube or our blogs, et cetera. Before we get started on the class, as always, I'm going to talk to you today about my best recommendations and guidance based on years of experience, not only as an investment property owner, but also real estate company owner and property manager. As always, we have no crystal ball. We recommend you consult with those experts in your life who you trust to help you on your investment journey. We are certainly one tool in that box, but there are no guarantees. And again, we do not have a crystal ball. I like to think that we have a good idea and knowledge base on all of the things that we bring to you and we are constantly not only educating ourselves but also working and striving to be better at educating you as well. And as always, if you ever have any questions, you can always reach out and let me know. So before we get started, let's talk about what an eviction is. An eviction is something that is needed. It's a process to remove someone renting your property. And what we're gonna be talking about today are residential properties. So that's gonna be an apartment, a single family home, anywhere where someone can live. And it can be a rental from that property for living in or for business purposes, which we don't do that a whole lot. Generally, commercial is commercial and residential is residential but we do have some customers who operate halfway houses and other things. And so it's important to understand that the same process is used in any residential property. So to quote, an eviction case is a lawsuit brought to recover possession of a real property, often by a landlord against a tenant. A claim for rent may be joined with an eviction case if the amount of rent due and unpaid is not more than $20,000, excluding statutory interest and court costs, but including attorney's fees, if any. All eviction suits must be filed in the Justice of the Peace precinct where the property is located. So in general speak, the eviction case is what gains possession of the property back. So as a landlord, when we have a tenant that we want out, and it may be rent that's owed, it may be something else, and we're going to talk about all the different reasons for an eviction, but the eviction filing and process is how we get possession back, i.e. how we get them out. The typical reasons that we see for eviction are a lease breach, which means the tenant either didn't pay rent that they owe or they breached some provision of their lease, most commonly allowing unauthorized occupants or pets or some type of 
issue has happened on the property. Maybe they've got um, a situation where two people are fighting, or maybe I had one this last week where a tenant slashed the tires of another tenant. So there's all sorts of illegal activity and things that can happen. And so one of the provisions we quote a lot for that is quiet enjoyment, ability to live there peacefully, uh, keeping it clean and sanitary, lots of different provisions of the lease that can, can be considered breached. Holdover, and there's a lot of different ways holdover can happen. And so the most common that we see is where a tenant is given a notice to vacate and they don't leave. And I wouldn't say that's common, but when we're dealing with holdover, that's the most likely cause. It can also be that a tenant has given notice themselves and they need extra time, or it could be a tenant who hasn't paid or maybe they've been struggling to pay and you non-renewed them and they then decided they weren't going to leave. So holdover can be with or without rents owed, but the premise for holdover is that they are supposed to be out because their lease has ended, we have ended the lease, someone has given notice, and they did not leave. Now, even with a holdover case, we still have to send an eviction notice, but of course, that's one of the things that we handle as part of our eviction process. And then finally, a squatter. And a squatter is a very specific definition. So if someone breaks into your property at five o'clock at night and we call the police, that is not technically a squatter in terms of squatter's rights for an eviction. A squatter is someone who has been living in the property for an extended period of time or has possession of the property, and then at that point they now are required to be evicted. An eviction is not needed if you don't want someone living in your property who recently entered, like you had a guest for the weekend and they refused to leave. In addition, an eviction is not needed if the property is already vacant or considered surrendered or abandoned. Now, I did another class talking about the difference between surrender and abandonment, but it's just a brief overview. Just because you find the property empty, it does not mean the tenant has vacated. There are specific requirements to consider that property abandoned or surrendered. And so if we find a property vacant and the tenant owes rent, at that point, there is an abandonment notice that is posted. Now, if we demand that the tenant vacate and the tenant then does vacate, that's different. And so there's a lot of different nuances in the laws and specifically in Texas property code that we are making sure that we follow when we are handling evictions for you. And so just make sure that you understand the difference. And also, you know, I've got a situation with one of my tenants I can give, for example, where she has been in Jamaica and I really don't know why, and she's been paying her rent, but technically she still is in possession of the property. And so there's this fine line between making sure that you dot your I's and you cross your T's to make sure that you properly get possession of the property back, as opposed to just assuming that the tenant is out because they don't have stuff there. And so just keep in mind, there are requirements for tenants to maintain utilities and be at the property and all of those things, but just because they're not doing those things doesn't automatically mean they've surrendered the property. And so anytime you have a question about a specific situation, we will of course guide you through that. Now let's talk about the costs of an eviction. As you know, we cover a wide territory and eviction costs are not standard. Each county and each JP can have some different policies and costs, but generally I've tried to give you a guide here of what we typically see. So for the first tenant, the filing cost is typically between $100 and $150. And then for each additional adult occupant, there's an additional $75. So if you have a property with three tenants, 
that's around 250 to $300. In addition to that, you've got the processing and handling fees, the time fees, the court costs to show up, all of those things, and that's somewhere between $75 and $200. And then finally, if the tenant does not vacate, you have a writ of possession, and this is another thing that we have to do to get the constable to meet us out there to remove the belongings. So this is not the cost of physically removing their belongings, it's merely the filing for the writ of possession. And so what happens when you win or we win an eviction case, the tenant has five days to appeal or vacate. Appeals are very rare, luckily. So generally they have five days to vacate. If they don't vacate on the fifth day, then that is when we go and file what's called the writ of possession, which is basically a writ that the constable's office is going to execute by meeting us out there so that we can take back possession of the property. Sometimes we have to file the writ of possession to get the tenant to leave, even though we don't actually have to physically go and remove their items after the writ has been served. And so often this is a cost that can be incurred. So the general cost of a typical eviction for only two tenants is somewhere between $300 to $500, and it can be more depending. And certainly right now, we're seeing a lot of recesses and resets and all sorts of things happening in the court system. And so right now, court costs and time are a little bit higher than what they typically are. We offer what's called an eviction cost coverage plan, and the goal is to mitigate the expense so that you can have consistent cash flow. And so a lot of our owners that maybe they only have one or two properties or they bought a property in a higher risk area, many of you bring us properties to manage and you already own in areas that are just known for having higher propensity for eviction or maybe you're dealing in lower income workers that are more likely to be affected by COVID, all these different things. So the goal of the eviction cost coverage plan is twofold. Number one, it's a way for these costs to be covered by you, but it's also a way that you can help make sure your income every month is going to be as consistent as possible. And so if and when there is something that happens, you're not gonna have a huge expense for the eviction. And so the cost for this plan is determined by the size of the property. For a single family property or for a duplex, triplex, or fourplex, it's $15 per unit per month. For a five to 10 unit building, it's $10 per unit per month. And then for a 10 plus multifamily property, it's $8 per unit per month. Now, for those of you with large portfolios, we do price those on a case-by-case -case basis, and so feel free to reach out if that's something that you want to look into. Of course, the bigger the volume, the better a price that we can offer because of what the break-even is. Generally, these plans are not really a cost builder for us or a cost maker for us. It's more about spreading the expense, and so the goal of this plan is not profit. The goal of this plan is consistency for our owners. To look at a cost comparison, a one-year plan for a single-family home is $180. So an eviction every two years covers the cost of this plan. An eviction on a duplex would cover the cost of the plan for the entire duplex once a year. And so the more you have in unit count, the less beneficial this plan becomes unless you have a high-risk building, high-risk tenants. So for example, if you have a tenant that we have inherited, they are probably gonna be more likely in some of these areas to be a tenant that's going to be evicted as opposed to a place where we have screened the tenants. I can tell you that from personal experience, one apartment complex that I purchased and inherited the tenants, we wound up having to evict almost 50% of them. And so it's all about how that tenant is screened, what type of tenant it is, and then of course, what's going on in the world. And this 2020 has shown us, we just never really know what's gonna happen. So if you opt into this plan, you'll receive one forcible entry and detainer suit, which is an eviction suit, and that's for non-payment of rent, and you can get one filing per year. 
So the thing that's important to remember here is if you have a tenant who has not paid and we file eviction and you choose to let them catch up, if you then decide to evict them again later within that year, we are not going to cover that. So our goal with this plan is to get that tenant out and to get a new tenant in place. And of course, in addition to this, we also offer a four month tenant guarantee on tenants that we place. So if we have an issue and it's a tenant we've just placed, we are going to replace them for you for free as well. So just keep in mind that with this plan, you want to get them out. You don't want to file eviction on someone that you intend to work with. The better option is to have the eviction notice sitting out, do a payment plan, work with them, which is generally what we do and why our eviction rate is so low. Now for exclusions. Point and center, COVID and related law changes are not an exclusion. So regardless of what the law throws at us, you are still covered. Now, I can't control timelines and I can't control when we'll be able to evict if something else comes out that affects our ability to do the eviction. But my guarantee to you is that if the costs change, if the court costs change, if the process changes, whatever it may be, it's still going to be covered. In the event that the tenant appeals the eviction case, which again, this is very rare, but if that does happen, that escalates to county court and then an attorney is required and we will not cover the cost of the attorney. We do have reduced rate attorneys that we work with for these matters, but again, these are very, very rare. I can count on two hands the number of appeals cases I've had in my entire almost 15 year career. After the one filing, as I mentioned, if you accept payment, it will not be covered for the next six months. So just keep that in mind. The client has to be enrolled in the policy for six months with a pre-existing tenant that you bring to us. And in addition, that tenant must be current at the time of enrollment. So if you have a tenant who is three months behind and you decide to enroll in this plan, that tenant is not eligible unless they are current and the property's lease would not be eligible until six months into the lease. Now, if you bring us a property that is vacant and we place the tenant, it is immediately covered. Finally, it does not cover other items such as lost rent, damages to property, et cetera. This is merely a plan, look at it like a home warranty to help offset the cost of a routine eviction. If you have any questions on this, this is how you can reach me as always, CEO at OmniKey Texas and Michael or I, whoever's available first will respond to you. Otherwise, we look forward to seeing everybody later this week for our investor property class. And then again, next week for the how to grow your property portfolio in two to six years. Take care, everyone. Have a great evening.